Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man. A lot of time. Which direction we are going. We have reached a tipping point. in lieu of their huge second anniversary show on Saturday, March 20th, IWE's Timothy Blackman and one of the big timers that they're bringing in for this show, Alexander Hammerstone. Larry, how do we do it? That's pretty big time. How are you doing tonight? Yes, I'm doing okay. How about that? The MLW National Openweight Champion on the tipping point. How about it? Yeah. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. The uh, definitely, as you as you pointed out so aptly, on uh, full disclosure, wrestling is picking up in the state of Georgia to a whole other level, as somebody would say. Um, well, and yeah. nowhere is it more evident than Mucha Lucha. Larry, tell me about Mucha Lucha. I mean, I, I find it mind blowing. Well, yeah, you talked about them selling out. I, I saw they listed it at the sellout, which have, if being inside that space, that sounds right to me that 1,200 is sold out. But what's crazier oh. than that, crazier than that is what probably a $60,000 gate. <laughs> Those tickets were 50 bucks average, 80 bucks VIP, 25 bucks for kids. Oh, I love my kids, Larry. We all know this, right? But I'm sneaking them. I'm sneaking them bitches in. I am not like 25. Like wow. And I, I, I got a little bit of a scoop ski from the owner today. Yeah. Because we've been messaging back and forth. So they have their first monthly show in April, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be free. Oh, so to, oh. to make sure people, so for people to get in the habit of coming to their monthly shows, they're going to let them in for free the first time. Mm-hmm. So, are, are they, they sold playing, out? This are they place, playing twelve hundred with with yeah. sixty dollars seats? How many people are going to show up to get in for free? Where are they going to put them? I I can't imagine, but obviously their goal is to you know get them in the habit of, yeah, we're going to come to this shit every month. And then, you know, the long game is they'll, they'll keep hopefully a large percentage of those people um, continuing to come back month after month. So big stuff there. Yeah, not, not a bad little yeah. scoop I got there. Because Larry's yeah, been a- scooping me all over the place. Let me make that crystal clear. Larry's been finding out stuff that I haven't found out about yet. Um, for a change of pace, you know, yeah, yeah. It hurts my, hey, hurts my one, feelings a little bit. No, that's great, though. Well, one more thing on uh, Mucha Lucha before we move on. Maybe, and maybe JJ knows the answer to this, because I don't. When was the last time a show in Georgia, any type of independent show, did a $60,000 gate? Oh, oh, my God. Has it ever happened that was not a major league show? Because no, I mean, who's ever run with those kind of ticket prices? Uh, I mean, and even drawing that size crowd, that kind of ticket prices, 
Because mm, even Ring of Honor, nope. made, you know, I thought it was unusual that Ring of Honor would charge what they would charge for, like, first and second row. But that even at their highest, it wasn't what they were getting for general, right? I mean, I mean they were charging, like, 40 or 30 for their first two rows. And I remember thinking, like, that's crazy, right? <laughs> and these guys are charging 50 for general admission, 80 and for Rick- VIP. And we don't even know what the first row VIP went for, right? And there was actually no, there was, probably was a higher price point. There was no price listed because it was sold. But, yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor, did the, the spaces they were running didn't hold that many. They never drew that many people, and they never charged that kind of price. So even Ring of Honor didn't do that well. Wow. And to be fair, uh, they didn't do the promotional job that this guy has done. I mean, he is no, Ricardo, in the communities. Man. Ricardo is the, is the real deal. From what I could tell, everybody that worked for him really likes him. Um, uh, they seem to be, you know, they don't seem to spare any expense or creativity when it comes to their flyers, their posters. Everything looks, I mean, you look like a freaking star on those things. And uh, yeah. he's doing it right. We'll see what monthly means. But, Larry, here's a hard question for you. They go monthly, <laughs> and they continue to have a great deal of success. Let's say the crowd is half, okay? Let's say it's 600 people average a show. Even if they charge slightly less for tickets, which there's no indication that they're going to, um, how is that guy not promoter of the year? He is I'm promoter of the year. <laughs> he is promoter of the year, right? If the guy's drawing five, 600 <laughs> every month after having the 1,200 show, I mean, Gary Lamb has been the runaway guy for two years, but uh, ain't, ain't such a runaway. Gary, I was even joking with somebody. Gary Lamb might not even be in the three nominees this year. Hey, <laughs> can you SBW believe it? SBW four four twenty five. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Just really crazy. Larrietto five hundred. Yeah, and ALT. And- 400, I'm really curious to see what this um, Aces and Eights does that, that first night. It's going to be in Rome at KLT, and I'm going to go to that show um, to see what kind of how they do there. I imagine quite well. I would imagine that as well, and they're charging a little more for tickets for that show. Oh, yeah. And, you know, KLT charges five bucks, but yeah. these guys are charging like real typical like ticket prices. So sure. Man, big big stuff happening, Larry, that's for sure. But there's other big stuff happening within Georgia, is there not, with the NWA? Coming to town at back to Georgia Public Broadcasting for a three-night stand. Pay-per-view Sunday, TV taping Monday, TV taping Tuesday, but no fans. And I just don't oh, no. see that show working without fans. Mm-mm. I yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't you, can you be old school wrestling a old school feel of a wrestling product without fans? I think the answer is clearly no. Even if they had I don't get it, Larry. Why wouldn't you do 20 or 30 crazy people? I mean, isn't that what Jim Crockett Studios was, right? Just a just a small group of really intense fans. I don't. What's wrong with that? I don't get it. Yeah, and I I do not have any window into was this Georgia Public Broadcasting saying no go. We're not doing that. We can't have any. Mm. We don't want any fans in here. That could be the reason. I can't believe that the NWA wouldn't have wanted to have people in there. So that that that's my best guess about what happened there. Who's in um, and who's out, if you're at liberty to say? I mean, so Lagana's out, technically? Well, Lagana's right? clearly out because of the allegations with him. Um, right. I understand that Billy Corgan will not be present at the tapings. I understand David Marquez is out. Um, what? Yeah, he's he was good in that role too. In his his announcer, Kyle Davis is back in. Um, Bill Barons is definitely back in. 
And because he's local, he's got more of a hand in uh, this time around than uh, he has previously. Oh, that's good news. That's yeah, that's got to help him. Decision. No fans, though. I mean, because I've watched the other NWA-ish stuff that had no crowd, like Thunder Rosa Mm -hmm. wrestling Priscilla Kelly, and without a crowd, it's dismal. I mean, it's one of the things that makes Impact so hard to watch for me. I know. Even when the stuff is good. Like, I will say that that Rich Swan, and now I'm a Rich Swan guy. We know this, right? But Rich Swan against Moose was really fantastic. It was really great. And I just, like, without a genuine crowd reaction, I remember thinking, like, how tragic this is. You know, because Moose has been doing good heel work, and, you know, it's a big deal that Rich Swan won because now he'll take on Kenny Omega April 24th. But I'm thinking, is there – I mean, that's dumb as shit, right? You freaking Rich Swan taking on Kenny Omega in front of no crowd? Mm. What's the point? Where's the heat, you know? Not that it won't be a spectacular match, but I'm just a big believer of having a crowd. I don't even care if it was, you know, kudos to AEW for leading the way on that stuff. And, like, we're just going to test a bunch of wrestlers and have them right next to the ring. Anything, right? Anything would right. be better than nothing. So, Right. It, it, speaking of, as did it, you see where the mm-hmm. – No, it was, as long as it isn't the pro-South crowd where you can hear the babies crying and the, and the cars honking outside and, and that stuff. Yeah. Did you see where they delayed a WrestleMania selling WrestleMania tickets? I did. I did Mm -hmm. see that. Yeah, yeah. And can we now officially say that uh, Vince McMahon has lost his mind rehiring Johnny Ace to run talent relations? Let's talk about Johnny Ace, Larry. So, yes. I mean, didn't he he fuck things up bad enough the first time around? What's the theory, do you think? What what was going on in the thinking? I can only think that that Vince wanted another yes man in that position. I I can't I don't can't fathom any any other reason for it. I just I guess in this day and age, maybe it's just going to be we'll keep our eyes and ears out for who the top people are and just snatch them up. It seems, it does seem like they're just snatching people up again. Yeah. So I don't. And who better and, and than AEW, Johnny Ace? <laughs> and AEW's, you know, they just signed Layla Hirsch, which yeah. while I liked her somewhat, I'm a little surprised at that sign. I mean, at some point they've got to cut people, don't they? Well, the other thing is they're signing and they're signing. What kind of deals are these? Are these low-money per-night deals that really are not costly to them? You know, not Larry, full, the not lowest amount contracts. they pay, the lowest amount they pay is 750 That's the lowest that they pay for one-off jobbers. So you've got to think these guys are at least getting a grand per match. And, I mean, and probably trans and, and hotel when they come yeah. in, right? Right. So, I mean, they got a lot of people on their payroll. I mean, they did 15 ma- 14 matches yesterday, Larry, and they're doing 15 today on I, their, I on their YouTube shows. That's 29 matches. And some of these are four on four, you know? Some of these are, like, this is a crazy, this is madness. Like, that's madness. And I love wrestling, and I cover all these shows, but when I heard that today's dark was going to be 15 matches, I actually cursed out loud. I was like, what's this shit? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, hey, well, you get, what are you get they to doing see another Baron me? Black match and another Very Morales match on there. I mean, they're, you know. It's good for good for Georgia guys to get another another more shots on there. There's that. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I I have to wonder too. At a certain point, and I mean this is more of like a a big like wrestling question, but if these guys are on television, losing constantly, right? 
So, like, Sean Dean, for example, super glad he got a contract, super deserved, very happy about it. But he did almost 30 appearances before he got that deal. 30 matches that we saw him lose. So now he's a star. I mean, do you know, if I, if I told you right now, gun to your head, Larry, name everybody who's in the Nightmare family. Could you do it? Uh... They got that big dude. <laughs> I know that. Yes, Koromoto. Very good. <laughs> Who else? Lee Johnson. Yep. Uh, I, I don't really know. <laughs> Justin. I I, I'm counting them off. Justin. We'll start with the easy one. Well, yeah, QT, Dusty. Yeah, of course. Cody. The Gun Club. Oh, Let's I forget see. about them. I don't count yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> right? See? Aaron Solo, right? I don't count him either. <laughs> That's nine, Larry. That's nine. And I guarantee you there's more. Even I, who watch every freaking AW thing, probably am missing somebody. <laughs> nine people, and only like half of them matter, if that. I mean, they're giving Lee Johnson kind of like, they gave him a nice little video package on Monday night and that kind of thing. But my God. Right. I like Lee Johnson, but how does how do all those guys fit with Cody? I just don't see that at all. Well, hey, you know, uh, and, I, and Red Velvet, right? Can we assume Red Velvet's a part of that clique? So that's ten. You would think. You'd think she's in there too. That's that's quite a gathering. Well, Aaron hey, you Solo's know, I, there. I, I'd say she's there. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I, I see phone numbers popping up here. I think we awesome. have guests. This is wonderful. So we are joined now by hopefully, hopefully both IWE promoter Timothy Blackman and MLW National Openweight Champion, the one and only Alex Hammerstone. Welcome to the Tipping Point. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to talk to you. Good to be talked to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. do, do we have Timothy Blackman on the line also? Yes, we do. I'm right here. All right, great. Great, 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 great. great. Um, I'll start with a quick question. So we got we got IWE's second anniversary, um, and somebody said because you know I can't be there, but somebody said you know I'll make sure that I put some matches online. What matches do you want to see? And so I looked at the card again, and I went. Holy shit. <laughs> this is a fucking fantastic card. Of course, the first thing I said was Alexander Hammerstone's match. I wouldn't care who he was wrestling, frankly. But the fact that he's wrestling somebody big time. Alexander, like, you're one of my favorite guys. Can I just say that on Facebook and every other social media? I think you really get what's going on. Um, I just loved seeing you at MLW, all the stuff you're doing with Logan Creed. Um how do you maintain your positive outlook in this bullshit? Um, when you're clearly outworking, I'm just going to be blunt. You're clearly outworking. I'm just talking in terms of body, in terms of ring work, in terms of promoting yourself, in terms of getting out and getting, getting gigs. You're clearly outworking just about everybody. Is it a grind for you? Because it doesn't seem like that on the surface, but it's got to be, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely is, but I mean, it's, uh, I think it's kind of like the culmination of the timing of everything, right? Like I, um, I just started to get, you know, the rocket under my ass and started to get, you know, take off and get kind of out there and really start for to sure. uh, make a name for myself. And then, you know, everything happened with COVID and all that. So it was just like, man, it was like, I am not going to let this steam die. So I, I've just been doing everything in my power to, to stay relevant, whether it's, you know, just keeping myself in top shape and, you know, trying to have good matches, trying to keep my, you know, my, uh, my social media active, trying to keep uh, content out there for fans to have something to be entertained by. Yes, absolutely. Larry. Um, Hammerstone, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I know this is your second time into IWE, uh, lost to a fellow MLWer, Logan Creed, first time in. How much do you know or what do you know about your opponent this Saturday, Sean Legacy? Um, well, I mean, so 
I'm always kind of scoping guys out whenever whenever I go anywhere because, you know, this day and age, people get scooped up at such a rate, you know, by big companies that you're always kind of looking on – you have the eye out for, like, the next, you know, top guys, the next guys who are going to blow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I walked into the locker room, Legacy stands out. You know, he, he has the look. He's a good-looking guy. He's in great shape. He's got cool gear. He's just – he carries himself like a professional. And then he went out there and he had a great match. So, you know, he stuck out you know, as soon as I saw him. And um, so when I got booked in the match against him, I was like, okay, this is great. This is someone who I'm, I'm looking forward to. And um, I'll, I'll say this, but it reminds me a lot of me when I was like younger, you know what I'm saying? Uh, on the rise, got all the tools going for him. Um, but that being said, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm quite the test for him. Cool. Cool. And I, I, I do want to say I'm, I miss the um, dynasty vignettes on MLW horribly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, I those, those are great definitely fun. some of the, the, the fun the fun times I have in pro wrestling with the dynasty. <laughs> All right, Mr. Blackman. All right. So you made the open declaration. You and Josh Fields said this is going to be your guys' year, right? IWE, they're coming for all the awards. They're really putting on – and this show is humongous. It really is this huge, huge show. Is there anything about you – anything about it that makes you nervous? Because I remember when I used to book – big, huge shows, I mean, I'd have one eye on the front door, <laughs> how many people are coming to this, and all that kind of stuff. Is there, what, is there anything in this, about this show that makes you particularly nervous? I imagine you're very confident in the talent that you booked. I mean, those are great matchups. No problems there, but what's making you nervous right now? Well, obviously, you know, with the attendance, with, with you know, your COVID restrictions, that kind of thing, but, I mean... Our, our buildings, you know, only going to allow us to have like 300 max. Um, so, you know, as long as we can fill the building up, I'll be happy. But that's one of the things that makes me a little nervous. Like I said, but the talent, I mean, Logan Creed, AC Mack, I mean, you, you got Hammerstone, Legacy. I mean, there, there's just so much talent that anybody in Georgia that knows anything about Georgia wrestling should be there. I mean, it's just, I mean, with Morales and David Ali, I mean, it's just, it's going to be stupid good talent, I mean, there. And uh, I, I just think that the product will speak for itself through the wrestlers, through the through the workers, and through what we're trying to put together as a team. Yeah, Timothy, there's no doubt. This, this card is absolutely stacked. I'm curious about going forward. Do you plan uh, to go monthly, more often? What, what are your thoughts at this point about for how things are going to lay out for uh, 2021? Right now, we're looking to do every other month. Um, we're doing July 17. Um, we're doing September 25th and November 20th, as well as May the 22nd will be our next show. Um, so we're right now uh, getting through all the COVID stuff. And actually, when we first started, we, we were doing uh, every other month as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that there's a flack that we get a little bit because we don't run a monthly show or a bi-weekly show and that kind of thing. But just we want to put on the – we want to bring the best talent, period, to the CSRA and the best talent, period, to Georgia Wrestling. So for us to do that, I want to have a little bit of different flavor in every match. I want to have different um, – you know, not just your same, as Platinum would say, your same shit over and over and over. Um, you know, you want to have something different, something that, that's going to attract the, the different fans for every different match. Um, you know, so right now, we just want to be the best, period. But right now, we just want to stick with it every other month until we can see kind of things breaking loose, which with the crowds that we've been seeing in independent wrestling here lately, seems to be breaking loose pretty good. Yeah, I'll say. Hammerstone, um, so your guy, you're with MLW. Um, you obviously get to take indie gigs here, there, and everywhere. Um, you're good looking, muscular. You can work in the ring. You're athletic. Um, you got a brain in your head that works. I don't know why you're in wrestling, first of all. But second of all, <laughs> so what, like, what's um, – I'm, I'll just be blunt, and you may not be able to answer this question. I'll just be blunt, right? Obviously, you're one of these guys that you just imagine 
when you're when you're going to be any kind of free agent, it's going to be a jump ball for you, right? Even 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 Laurinaitis would probably recognize that they would like to have you as dumb as he is, right? So so when that happens, do you have an inclination? Let's just say all things being equal. Um, what, what are what are factors that you don't have to say where you want to work over anybody else, but what are factors that will come into your brain when you analyze, okay, where do I want to be at this point in my career? Um, you know, so, you know, right now I like having the open availability. I like being able to do indies. I like being able to go overseas and do Japan um, or you know, mm-hmm. European tours when, when those become more of a, a realistic uh destination in the current climate like those are those are things that are very important to me right now and just you know kind of um having that freedom but you know moving forward um i think i'm kind of a guy who's always prioritized opportunity and um things of that nature more than just the the dollar amount that's on the contract you know so so that's going to be something i'm really looking at like it's it's not just going to be you know who's throwing the most money at me it's going to be you know where do i feel like i'm going to be able to be myself, you know, uh, present, you know, what I like to do, you know, go out there and, and wrestle, like be featured and, and be, be a, be a big time player. That's, that's, you know, that's what's important to me. And, uh, you know, not being micromanaged, not being repackaged into something that I, I don't buy into, you know, all those, those are the biggest things that matter to me at this point. You know, I've been doing this a long time and there was, you know, there was a phase of my career where I was just trying to do the bare minimum amount of work that was necessary to get signed to a developmental WWE contract, you know, and uh, that really, that, that changed. That's not, you know, that's, that's what I thought I wanted. And, you know, as things kind of evolved and I took every twist and turn that's brought me to this point thus far, um, that, that's really changed. It's important that I, you know, kind of stay true to myself and uh, get to go out there and, and do my craft and prove that I'm, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's what, that's what I want to do. I, I totally back you up on that. I could I could see on the MLW shows that pop up on YouTube, I'll watch them, right? Especially because, you know, Mads wants me to kind of look at his stuff, and a lot of his stuff has been with you. So I've been looking at those matches, and I go like, God, Hammerstone. I mean, it was one thing when it was – you were always strong, and you were always able to pull off, you know, your finishers devastating and that kind of thing. But it was facial expressions. It was the stuff that comes with – kind of not just getting into the wrestling thing more, but really investing yourself into it. I could see a shift in the last, like, say, two years where I went, oh, this is a guy who's, like, really perfecting the craft part of it and doing the small things that really indicate, you know, I'm really doing the best job that I can. And so, like, I, I know it's, it's going to be sky's the limit for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. I have um, two more questions for you, Hammer. Um, one, you mentioned Japan. Does MLW hope to continue working with uh, pro wrestling Noah as things open up? And do, do you want it, Would you like to go back there? Oh, um, yeah, that's one of my that's one of my big goals. Um, it, it was actually one of my you know biggest goals for this year, and I'm not sure what the feasible reality of it is. I was actually supposed to be going out there um, in February. Um, so, but the thing is. Um, the, the you know the tours are cut way short. They're not as long and as extensive as they were prior, obviously because of everything that's going on. So it was basically like I, I was going to be going to Japan for like 15 days for only like three shows, which was mm. already kind of like rough. But I agreed to it, and then last minute they go, oh, plus you have to come two weeks early to quarantine in a hotel. So like, yeah. so you want me to spend the entire month of February in Japan, mostly stuck in a hotel room to do three shows. And, 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 you know, they offered more money and all that stuff. But at that point, it just becomes, like, my sanity. Like, I don't think I could stay sane sitting in a hotel room for that much time. Like, you know. Um, but, you know, as things move on, whether it's, you know, whether it's a working relationship with MLW or not, you know, I, I built up a, a good reputation within the office of, of Pro Wrestling Noah, and they were definitely interested in having me back um, in some fashion in the future. Um, even, you know, some other companies like all Japan has even, you know, shown some interest, um, moving forward. So, uh, it, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I definitely, um, you know, wrestling in Japan was probably my personal favorite time period of my career thus far. Um, so it's definitely mm. something I want to be returning to. Um, 
when it's feasible, when uh, when tours are a little bit more extensive, and uh, we get to go over there with a little bit less restrictions. Gotcha. One one other thing I got to ask you about is PCW Ultra. Um, Dan Masters, who was the ring announcer there, is a Georgia guy, and he used to sing your praises and how about how great those shows were. Could you reflect a little bit on uh, PCW Ultra and how that fit into your the scheme of things for you? Oh yeah, because um, PCW Ultra was a, a pivotal company for me because you know I think every indie guy kind of goes through that phase where they become like the top dog in their area or their you know kind of region uh, so to say. Um, but then they, they're kind of on that cusp where, like, certain promoters are afraid to take a chance on them, whether that means, you know, paying for a flight or booking them against, you know, name, talent. Um, and PCW mm-hmm. gave me those opportunities. Uh, they were one of the first companies to, like, you know, book me against, um, you know, the the Sammy Callahans and the Pentagons and the Brian Cage, Willie Mack, you know, Brody King, the list goes on. They, they put me in there with the best guys to test me and to showcase myself and to show that I could hang with those guys. Um, and it, it paid off huge for me. Um, obviously, you know, like, I, you know, I'm looked at as that caliber wrestle, wrestler now moving forward. And just the experience I got um, there was, you know, invaluable. And then ultimately winning the PCW Heavyweight Championship, like, from the time I debuted on that show as opening match, losing on the you know the opening match versus you know years later winning the heavyweight championship is uh you know quite the personal victory. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, Timothy, so is IWE where you want it to be? Um, obviously, you guys, you and Josh have a vision for this thing. You've had to fight the stupid indie fights, right, <laughs> against other promoters and all this drama and bullshit. You're, you're now breaking through that. You have this big show, your second anniversary show. Is IWE where you want it to be, or do you guys have a further vision of what you'd like to happen? It is not where I want it to be yet. Um, just, just put it in the uh, perspective, there's – I don't want to be small-minded, and I think I want to be a little bit bigger and think think broader. Do we have the budget that, say, Lucha Lucha has, or do we have the budget? No, we don't, and and that's okay. But we're going to be the best that we can be right now. But there are goals that me and Josh have set to get to. Do we want to run the Legion that only has 300 people? No, we want to we want to be the next thing. We want to be we want to be bigger and stronger than we are now. Granted, we got the best talent, period, that comes through Georgia. I mean, we get Hammerstone, we got O'Shea, we got EC3. The talent's not the issue, but the the production, the um, just your 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 small details that we want to perfect, not necessarily perfect, but get to a point of perfection so we can be considered as the elite uh, indie promotion in Georgia. Um, Timothy, speaking of production, one one thing I noticed from watching some of the clips from the last show is that look like lighting in that building is is problematic. Um, how are you? Yes, or how are you addressing that? Been, yeah, that has been addressed, and it will be uh, a whole new lighting system will be installed at this show. Everybody cool. will see it differently with new truss systems. Uh, with the LED lights, uh, we we addressed what needed to be addressed, and um, you know we we have handled it moving forward. We're also looking. I spoke with IWTV as well, so the production level is going to be on point at this show with commentary and that kind of thing, so we can move forward to not just be in Augusta, but we can be seen all over the country. Nice. Oh, nice. So is that is that a done thing then for you guys with IWTV? I spoke with them. Um, all we got to do is just uh, I want to. I personally am pu- am holding back from inking the contract because I want the production level to be at a certain point when it goes out. Sure, um, sure. I, I believe that this show is going to be our trial run to get to that point. I really feel like this show will be put on IWTV, but I I don't personally want to ink any contract until I see the video and make sure that it is to the, the caliber I want it to be. Makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Hammerstone, 
So Sean Legacy, he's a he's a big dude, right? Big muscular dude. Who's the biggest guy that you ever yoked up <laughs> and around the ring? Um, and is Legacy going to present a problem for you in that regard? Do you think? Um, let's see. I mean, I've, I've 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 you know I've had matches against Brian Cage, Jess Cobb, Brody King, all all big boys, and then you know even going over to Japan, you know. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, Yoshihiro uh, or Yoshiki Inamura, he's a giant of a man, and I've tossed him around quite a bit. So um, tossing around the big guys isn't no problem. And I think uh, Legacy, he's a he might be dense and muscular, but he's uh, as far as the, the actual weight on the scale goes, I've I've wrestled a lot bigger. So size isn't going to be uh, a problem there. If if anything, how athletic he is uh, is going to be his yeah. strong suit against me because, man, he is he's a hell of an athlete. And uh, I, I was watching some of the highlights and the things he pulls off the ring, and uh, that that's what impresses me more than just the, the sheer strength aspect he, pre, uh, he presents. So I think uh, that'll be uh, my kryptonite if, uh, if there is anything. Yeah, that dude can fly. He can fly around, no doubt. Hello, did yep. we lose, I, think we, I think we might have lost Steve there. Oh, oh hold on. Sorry. Oh, no, I just Sorry, I guys. hit the I hit the mute like a freaking moron. Oh, okay. So okay, I thought I cut you off. <laughs> Sorry. So, so Timothy, so Timothy, I alluded to like the indie drama stuff. I don't want to get into that now, but I do want to talk about. You guys are at a second anniversary show, and especially in light of COVID, that's a big deal, right? That's a that's a milestone for you guys. Did you think things would be? The, do you think IWE would be where it's at at the two-year mark? Are you guys ahead of where you thought you would be, behind, or what? I think we're a little ahead of schedule, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think that um, the team that we put together, uh, the things that we're trying to do, we, we're probably about a year out from where we should be. Um, but that just goes to the, the team, the talent, the wrestlers, and everybody. I mean, we want to create – the drama in, in indie wrestling is the drama in indie wrestling. I mean, if you don't have drama, you don't have indie wrestling. How about – I mean, you know that. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to create atmosphere for workers, wrestlers, referees. It, it, we want to build a family. We want to build We want to build something that's going to be stronger than just uh, where we're at right now. Um, we want to build a place that um, workers want to come to. Um, it's not yeah. just a – a, a, a regular indie show that you know is is running, and we're gonna get our paycheck. We're gonna go home. We want a place that that people like Hammerstone, like O'Shea, come in, and they 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 really contribute not only to just the wrestling aspect, but they contribute to IWE, the company. You know, and, and with those guys that have come in, they've been nothing but pros, nothing but professionals, and. Um, I, I'm just excited to be able to work with people such as Hammerstone and, you know, O'Shea and those guys. Well, you know, it seems to me that um, when I drove to Gro- when I came out to Grovetown beginning of uh, 2020, you guys were off to a great start. And, you know, had it not been for the pandemic, you would have had a hell of a 2020 in, in, in the way things were shaping up. And then, of course, that everything yeah, went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, I feel that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that way, too, because we were, you know, we were in a, a new facility, a much bigger facility, nicer facility. Um, you know, we had we had the draw. Uh, we felt like we were riding a good wave, uh, and then the pandemic hit, and then through all that, everybody had questions, you know. What, where, where are we going to go from here? How is the new sure. normal going to be? What, you know, I mean, so – so going through all of that and still coming out the other side and being considered, I mean, our first show back uh, in the basically still COVID was pretty strong and it was going through one of the seats again was in November and we still drew 150 plus, um, you know, and then in January moving back to uh, the building we started in pulling over 200. I think for the CSRA, that's huge. And the CSRA is Augusta area, Augusta, Georgia area, but, just the the crowds, other than you know the the viral and us. I mean that you. I mean, uh, Platinum said it very well yesterday. It the the crowd numbers are huge, but it's only huge for the good wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So 
we uh we we want to be that and um you know i just feel like through the pandemic we we did get a, a setback but we're, we're coming out the other side and i think we're going to even be better than we, than we thought we could be hammerstone this is my last question for you um as somebody who's in wrestling takes it very seriously is on the track and all that kind of good stuff but are are you still a fan of it? Like, what's the last thing that you can remember really popped you watching? Something that you weren't oh, directly man. involved in, where you watched it and you were just like, holy shit, like, I bet, like, that for some reason this really got to me or I was really into this thing that happened. Oh, man. So, so, phase where, um, like, I was just insane. Like, I was, you know, because I, I, you know, I kind of hit one of those points where I thought I wasn't getting what was mine out of the business and I was like, Oh, I'm not working hard enough. I need to I need to be more yeah, adamant and I'm you know, it it was like, you know, working out another time a day and going to the wrestling school five days a week and then I was also watching every episode of Raw, SmackDown, Impact, AEW, like I was anything that was like getting uh like any weird indie match or Japanese match I was getting like a lot of buzz I'd I watched that and I was just watching wrestling all the time and I got so burnt out of like watching it but I was like you know I'm starting to it was starting to like I was like I'd like be watching it and I was like brain dead watching it like my brain wasn't even paying attention more like a lot of times I'd fall asleep watching it even if it was a great match or something like that just because I was like I, I made it like, I was turning it into like homework you know what I'm saying yeah um, yeah yeah instead yeah. of watching it out of enjoyment so, so I kind of uh I took all my wrestling DVDs and I donated them to our wrestling school. <laughs> and then, like, I got rid of my network subscription. <laughs> I got rid of all that stuff. And I'm just like, now if I'm at home, I'm watching something just fun and mindless with my girlfriend. And I, I don't really watch it. So I, I'm I'm trying to think. It must have been something, you know, on an indie show I've been on. And that's that's when I really, like, watch intently now is if I'm on a show. Yeah. Because um, I, like I like to pay attention to, you know, up-and-coming guys that I'm not, like, super familiar with now. So that's, that's like, when I'm really watching wrestling anymore. Uh, not not as much uh, the big shows, you know. All, you know, although sometimes it's fun to catch guys who are my friends and see what they're up to. But, man, I, I got to say, like, I, I don't recall uh, – the last time something was like a big pop for me, just just because I, I honestly kind of uh, turned the the dial down to about one when it comes to how much wrestling I'm watching. <laughs> I got you. Well, you know, on this on this one on this one, you're gonna have AC Mack and Logan Creed, and you're gonna have Very Morales against David Ali. Are they out of out of those two matches? Just because I want you to diss Logan Creed. Um, which match are you more interested if you if you're gonna sit down and watch one of those? Understanding, I mean, I don't know where you're gonna be on the card and things like that. So. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I think I gotta give the edge to to, to Logan just because uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys who is like a sponge when it comes to learning. Like he's always just trying to, yeah. you know, he'll he'll have a great match and he'll go he'll come up. Hey, what what, what do you think? What do you? And then you kind of uh, throw a couple ideas at him and you watch him incorporate it next time. He's not one of those guys who just like asks for an opinion just to pretend he's listening. He actually is constantly learning. So I'll have a fun time watching him uh, him wrestle, especially considering. Uh, that we've gone at it a couple times over the past couple months, so it'll be fun to see what what he pulls out of his uh, his hat this time. Uh, uh, Hammerstone, setting Georgia people aside, who um, is there anybody you, that comes to mind that's caught your eye on the indie level that you, that you thought this guy's a real comer? Um, you know, it's so I, you know I have this discussion a lot because like it's it's really like I feel like almost anyone who's really doing everything they're supposed to be doing, it gets a contract these days. You know, if they've if they've gotten mm-hmm. a look, if they are in shape, if they can talk, if they can wrestle, and then this is the important one that a lot of guys neglect, if they take the time to actually promote themselves and, you know, um, build their brand via, you know, social media and things of that nature. Like, there's not a lot of guys who you can really say, oh, this guy's super underrated. Like, usually there's a reason for it anymore. You know, just because it, it's become there's so many places to go to get work and so many places willing to give you a contract these days. But, you know, there's a couple guys, you know, speaking from my area, like West Coast guys, you know, guys like Moonshine Mantel, the Texas guy who's still, mm-hmm. like, yet to, like, explode. There's uh, a guy named Tito Escondido out of uh, SoCal who he just got in a blood sport, and he's a, he's a really good talent. You know, one of my former tag team partner, 
His name's Joe Graves. He's a he's a hell of a wrestler, but you know, there's there's these pockets of guys places. Um, but that's why it's like you know this weekend. Like that's why I'm gonna be watching the show because like I'm I'm trying to find those guys because I'm also like not to say like I'm a scout for MLW or anything like that, but you know at the I'd like to think if if I really came to them and said, hey, you gotta at least look at this guy, you know, they they'd be looking because I'm I'm thinking, hey, if I'm if I'm in my head, I'm gonna be winning the heavyweight championship, you know, it's just a matter of time. And then in my head, I'm saying, hey, who do I who do I want to be feuding with? Who's gonna be my big big money feud, you know? So I got my yeah. eyes on on these up and coming guys. Um, so so I'll, I'll be watching closely this weekend. Cool. Hey Timothy, before we let you go, any any last plugs you want to get in for the show? Absolutely. Um, O'Shea Edwards versus EC3. Uh, David Ali, Barry Morales, um, Hammerstone Legacy. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. You have the the Ugly Ducklings. You have uh, Miranda Lee's coming from Texas. I mean, you have. Reagan Fire coming from Florida. We have talent coming from all over the place. Um, I would just encourage everybody to go to IWTicketLeak.com, pick up tickets, um, because it is going to reach capacity. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this has been a pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot for uh, doing the show. Anything else from you do you, you want to say, Steve? No, no. I just wish you guys the, the best of luck. I'm looking forward to tuning in. A um, couple of people said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll show matches live on Facebook so I can watch. I mean, I'll be with my kids, like, having our little vacation, but I'm definitely going to tune in. I'm looking forward to it. And I was happy to talk to Hammerstone, honestly, um, the, the guy I think a lot of, and certainly I think you're going to have a great match with Legacy and a great career. Awesome, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Appreciate right, it. guys. Take care. Yes, sir. And, you know, something else I think that IWE is doing right, Larry, is I think they realize that a lot of this game is about coverage. And Charles Feltner, let me just say, like, that guy, you know, approaching me and you and going, I want to give viral – he was really concerned about that part of the state, right? Yeah. The viral live wire – and um, IWE. And, you know, Livewire gave that guy flag. I know I was really rough on Livewire, but <laughs> they got to understand, like, coverage is an integral part of this thing. And Georgia Wrestling History is a resource. But if a guy like Charles is going to – because, you know, Charles is going to be there for IWE, right? I mean, he's going to be there. He's going to write this great report. And, and the more people that know about you – the more and more you start to matter. Um, and that just helps with booking guys. That helps with getting people. People will tra- – that's one thing I'll say about Georgia. People will travel to come to a show. It's really mm-hmm. kind of a remarkable thing. You know, Florida as well. But other places that I worked, man, <laughs> in Colorado, I mean, it was like people would always say like, oh, 20 minutes. I remember I used to I had friends of mine that were like, I'm not driving more than 20 minutes to go to any wrestling show. That's the mentality at most places. But in Georgia, I mean, you have freaking crazy people. You know, you know, people are going to come from, I'm curious where the person who comes to the IWE show comes from the farthest away. I guarantee you it'll be in a different state, right? (laughs) It might even be two or three. So if you've got that kind of, loyal fan base you owe it to them to get coverage for your show i just think it's just better all around agreed and you're absolutely i can vouch for that the people that i see at shows in different places we we've got fans that are willing to drive when there's a when there's a good show yeah they're they're not limited to 20 to 20 miles for you sure. know it's another interest this is another interesting phenomenon i had um a wrestler recently sort of contacted me and going, oh, I met Larry for the first time, I guess, at a show last weekend. And he was like, oh, he was really great. So now, like, people know you. Like, you know, people know you enough to sort of introduce themselves to you or to meet, they want to meet you. And I find that really, really cool as well. 
um, you know. You know, I, I think I know who you're talking about, and I really enjoyed talking with him. And I enjoyed that was one of the really great things about that Russell America show was were the other people that were there. I got well, I didn't get into that on, on tonight, but got all the scoop from yeah. Tommy too much on what's going on with the restart of. Um, his group, which there will be a restart of Pro Wrestling Circuit in the near future. Okay. But I'll, I'll leave that to him to uh, reveal the details as, as things unfold. But man, it was a yeah, it was a great show in 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 that sense. So many people there to talk to. Um, very interesting night for sure. Um, because it is it is a community, like it or not. And I mean, I know I come across as what I come across as at times, but at the end of the day, I just want better wrestling. <laughs> I have my ideas of what that is, and it doesn't always jive with everybody's. But at the end of the day, I want it to do well. And uh, it's, a, it's better for Georgia wrestling if IWE and Viral are doing their thing and doing it effectively. Um, and uh, certainly wish them luck. I know Viral's still pushing tickets for their show in April. Um, they haven't had a sellout yet, so they've got, two, they've got a 200-seating capacity. So... But imagine if both of those shows hit capacity. So that's 500 fans we're talking about again, Larry. And that's really a remarkable thing. It it is true that people do want to get out and do something, and that's helping. There's no doubt that that's the case. But it doesn't mean it's a gimme, does it? (laughs) Well, if you want wrestling this weekend, I mean, you got so many choices. Friday night you got – Pro South in Piedmont. You you got Action Wrestling with another big show in Ty, Tyrone. Saturday night. Oh wait a minute. I think uh, no. I take it back. I'll, I'll scratch that. And then Saturday night Wrestling United's running. Um, of course, the return of Southern Fried. And of course, IWE in Augusta and mm-hmm. Georgia Wrestling History will probably be covering a total of. I think we're going to cover five shows during the weekend. We should have hopefully reports on at least five different shows. Which would be pretty I always good. have a, I have a soft spot for St. Patrick's Day because St. St. Patrick's Day show way, way, way back in the day was what I considered my first official wrestling show. Do you do you want to hear this quick story? It's pretty Please. hysterical. So, I, I mean, I had done young boy stuff in Japan, but I don't, I don't consider that as counting. I can't even remember the names of the guys that I wrestled. Certainly no one kept a record of one loss or anything like that. So, I've, to me, that didn't count. Um, but then I got to the States, and they're like, yeah, let's throw this guy in a show. Like, I, I mean, all I needed was the cred of who trained me. And like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll throw you in. You're going to have to lose. I didn't care about that. Um, they liked my lethal litigator idea, unfortunately. <laughs> so then I was wrestling lawyer guy. And so they're like, well, we have like a genuine lucha that you have to wrestle. And I was like, oh, my God. So, like, you know, now I'm going to have to work backwards, right? Like I'm going to have to do all this stuff in my very first real match. And he's a guy named Cisco Valentino. And he went by the moniker translated as sugar-free, which is still one of my favorite sugar-free. I don't know what that means, but I was like, I've always wanted to give someone the moniker of sugar-free, Cisco Valentino. Uh, mass dude, and he was a good-looking Latin guy, good-looking. Covered his face in a mask. God knows why, right? Um, so he was very giving because I, I just assumed when they said, you know, you're going under, I was like, okay. Like, you know, I'll just – get beat up by this dude. And I was a lot taller than he was, but he was like, he had two finishers that the crowd knew of. And I'll never forget this. He was like, kick out of this one. And I was like, and I was saying, no, I'm like, no, man, like you're, you're the one who's going to have to work here again. He goes, yeah, but you're trying to get the job here. So Mm -hmm. he recognized wrestling in a way that I didn't yet. Right. Yeah. And this was in Colorado. So, I mean, that ended up being home base for a decade. Right. So he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can to put you over. And, and he's like, and in fact, I want a distraction finish. And cause he didn't know that I could cut a good promo yet. Right. So he's like, you'll cut the promo. Just say, you know, say whatever you want. He's like, you can call me a spick. And I'm, just, I'm not going to call you spick, but I'll think of something else, blah, blah, blah. And then he was so good looking that he would just go to the Diamond Club, which was the gentleman's club, the nicest one in Denver, 
and just walk in and get a couple of strippers to come to the ring with him because he's Valentino, right? So, 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 so we're having this match, and I'm having a ball because I never got to wrestle matches like this as a young boy, right? We're going back and forth. It's you know we're like we're going really. This is the '90s, and so there's we're doing way too many spots. That was already a thing, right? And then I kick out of his Tornado DDT, which at the time, nowadays, that's just a headlock. But back then, his Tornado DDT was definitely like a wow thing, right? So I kicked out of it. It's like, whoa. And then I had him set up for my move, which was a leg drop. (laughs) And as I'm going to go in for it, one of the strippers actually, the other one blew her cue. Um, But this, one of them got it. So she goes up on the apron, and her only direction was I'm going to come over and she's to distract me. Right. So, so, so she, she, you know, she hops up on the apron. So instead of doing my finisher, I'm a dummy. So I go over to her and I guess she didn't quite understand distraction in a pro wrestling sense just meant talk to me long enough for him to hit me from behind. So she just takes her top and she just rips it open. And there's a distraction. <laughs> so you can see that I'm legitimately like, what? And then she grabs me by the back of the head, pulls me in, and kisses me. Like, for real kisses me. And, uh, and then Cisco, like, comes and hits me with a move. And I don't even remember the move I'm supposed to take for his finish, so I'm sure it looked I like bet shit. Not. But, I got, but, but, I got, <laughs> but I got hit with it. I lost the match, and it was awesome. And, uh, That's great. And, uh, <laughs> so that was my first match. I'll always think about it. It was on a, you know, St. Patrick's Day Massacre show. I'm sure there's five billion named that in the Indies. Uh, well, but I'll always have fond memories. So. It's interesting you mentioned St. Patrick's Day. Wasn't uh, the debut for uh, PCW in Porterdale, a St. Patrick's Day thing? Do I remember that right? Yes. Um, they in, Initially, that was supposed to be a one-off. They, they they build a lot of stuff around St. Patrick's Day. So they it's one of the two days where they do a parade. That and July 4th are their two big holidays in that town. So they wanted to do it upright because they were um, – Tim Savage and other guys on the city council would come all the – again, they'll drive. They would come all the way to Avondale to see those shows because they liked them. And then they just approached me and was like, would you guys do a wrestling show there? And we're like, sure. And, you know, so they – like, what's the budget so I could – you know, pay for a little something and all that kind of stuff. And, and then it ended up being this big, I mean, you know, cause they promised a lot and I should have realized, you know, because they're not wrestling people, there's a chance that their promise would happen. So they said, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a big deal. That building's going to be packed. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, sure. But it was packed. I remember we had to have like female friends of mine who didn't, weren't wrestling people at all, um, but they were really good at organizing people. So I remember just like, I need a roll of duct tape or masking tape. And I gave it to Brecken at the time. And she just, she started roping off, like she started making aisleways because we didn't have room. We had to literally like make an aisleway to go like people can't stand here. Um, and it was crazy. And that started remember, the whole thing. I remember talking to Danny only after that show and he was like, you know, excited. And I was excited after thinking about like, wow. A new place, and, and it's just a, a place that had history, Porterdale. Yeah. For you guys to go. And we made it hey. work, and, and we're still around there to this day, kind of. So, yeah. Two things before we get out of here. The other show that I forgot about was um, Heritage. is giving it another shot in Cornelia Friday night. Good deal. Um, yeah. So they, they got Dream Girl Ellie, Blanca Loco. I see CT Keys on the card and Zach Cooper on the card. So let's let's see if they can get things right. Uh, get back on the right track over there at uh, with HCW. I thought they were going to be uh, just merging with the um, Puerto Rican promotion, but not so. They're going to keep running, too, and also do joint shows with that PWC Georgia. And then lastly, we've got another uh, podcast joining GWH Radio, the uh, new Grap City podcast that Josh Wheeler and Murder One is going to, you know, it's not exclusive here. It's other places, too. But we're going to have it on GWH as well. And with their first episode will be dropping tomorrow morning. It's already out there, but but we're going to start running them weekly on GWH also. Uh, yes, Mr. Platinum. 
he's gone. Well, for Stephen Platinum, this is Larry Witt. He's back. Sorry about sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, no. Great news about the new podcast and all that good we'll stuff. Um, you were about to sign off, weren't you? Yeah, but go <laughs> ahead. You do. You, it's your deal. That's my deal. Awesome. Well, congratulations to IWE. Be sure to check them out. And if not them, there's 10 other shows happening at least on Friday or Saturday. So check one of them out. Thank you to Alexander Hammerstone and to Timothy Blackman um, for talking to us. And we're going to be back next week, aren't we, Larry? Yep, we are with uh, Ashton Starr and a special mystery guest, hopefully, too. Yeah, because we're going to talk about Ashton Starr's documentary that's coming out next week, Friday. So I definitely wanted to, to give him a little bit of a shout-out and props because I think that's absolutely amazing and wonderful. So we're going to talk to Ashton Starr and a mystery guest next week. And who's going to talk to them? Well, that's Larry Goodman. I'm Stephen Putnam, and we'll see you next week for The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.